It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, Memphis, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening that you are having a great start to your Monday and also that you had a great weekend. Conference uh, championships in football. Congrats to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs on successfully making the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady is going to be another uh, matchup for the ages. Obviously, plenty of NBA basketball as well as college basketball. Thankfully, um, it seems like certain parts of the countries are starting to get some good news as far as the COVID-19 and coronavirus goes. Hopefully that continues to improve and increase as time goes on. But of course, the one thing that was missing from this weekend is the reason why we're here to talk, and that is Grizzlies basketball. As a matter of fact, there unfortunately was news yesterday in which our time frame that we're going to be without Grizzlies basketball has now expanded. Uh, The word came out that the Grizzlies uh, were going to to, um, you know, their game on Wednesday has now been canceled. And we'll get into that in just a moment. In today's episode, I'm going to be glad to welcome uh, Daniel Greer, who is part of the coverage over at Grizz Lead. He also hosts, hosts the podcast free basketball via the locker room app, a, a great way for your uh, sports fans to interact. That's where me and Daniel met. Um, I've been looking forward to having Daniel on the podcast for a while. So he's going to be my guest, and we're going to get to my conversation with him in just a second. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SEC, the show wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, as well as the podcast app on your phone. But before we get into our conversation with Daniel, which we're going to discuss, obviously, you know, where the Grizzlies are right now as far as the roster goes and how they may look once stars continue to come back and they get back to playing. Do want to hit, obviously, on the news that came out as far as the continued delay in the Grizzlies season, the postponement of games. Now, six games um, total have been postponed for the Grizzlies five in a row. The last time they played was obviously, um, you know, against the, the Phoenix Suns back on Martin Luther King Day. Of course, the previous Friday, that game had been canceled due to a COVID-19 positive test for the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Grizzlies still played that next night on Saturday and then played that Monday game. But now, um, back-to-back games that were scheduled against the um, Portland Trailblazers in Portland, back-to-back games that were here against the Sacramento Kings, and now that was scheduled here on Wednesday night against the Bulls. So now, again, five straight games that are postponed and also a sixth game that obviously you know, was in Minnesota. And so, you know, there are, you know, some silver linings to this that certainly should not be ignored. Obviously, the fact that the um, NBA is taking the opportunity to make sure that what's going on with the Grizzlies is not, you know, being, you know, spread or exposed to other teams, that that makes sense. I, I can certainly understand them wanting to limit it to what the Grizzlies are going through so that the entire league 
is not so that more of the league's not impacted. For the Grizzlies themselves, despite another game being canceled yesterday, there was the report that the reason why was because it was due to contact tracing in limited time when it came to practice, more so than it was to further positive tests. Unlike on the Wizards, where there were six or seven positive tests, the Grizzlies are still only at one positive test. So that means that you know more of the team is not being exposed to you know COVID nineteen. They're just the NBA is wanting to make sure that they're as quarantined as possible so that you know the players aren't exposed and the rest of the league is not exposed you know, to what's going on. And of course, there is, you know, besides COVID-19, there is the added benefit that with these games that are being postponed, the Grizzlies, this means hopefully that the Grizzlies will have more games in the future that they'll be at full health with Jaron Jackson Jr., Justice Winslow, and Jonas Valanciunas available. Games they otherwise would not have had them available had they played out, you know, their schedule without any interruptions. So there certainly are some, you know, okay positives to look at from this. But beyond just a negative of being impacted in any way, shape, or form by COVID-19, there are so there are also some notable negatives that you know could impact the Grizzlies, you know, chances for the playoffs. You know, despite their really good you know emergence over the past you know two weeks before this interruption in the season where they had won five straight games, the Grizzlies are going to have to come right back into a situation. You know, I t- I've talked about it a few times, how this stretch that now has been interrupted by the Grizzlies' postponements, this stretch to in January was very important. Well, the stretch in, to begin February was not going to get any easier. So when the Grizzlies come back and play, um, hopefully, um, a, a, you know, this upcoming Saturday against the Spurs, they're going to have to play four games, and they're going to have to play four of their first five games against division opponents. Back-to-back games against the Spurs, one against the Rockets, one against the Pelicans. They're also going to have to play the Pacers in that stretch of time as well. And they're going to have to play five games in eight nights. Now, I know these are NBA players. I know that they're going to be up to the task. I know that there's not going to be any any excuses. But to have a layoff of 12 days and then to come right back and play such a critical part of your schedule in which you're playing division opponents, which, you know, make up a big, big part of, you know, everybody's overall track record to get to the playoffs, that's a huge task for this Grizzlies team. You hope that they'll have, you know one of or, or both of or maybe all of Jonas Justice and Jaron back but whether or not that they do in general it's going to certainly be a tough task for them to come back and get right back in the swing of things in a critical part of their schedule but the other big thing that comes to mind is how exactly are these games going to be made up especially if the Olympics do not get canceled and the NBA is on its current timeline that you know it, it always perceived it would be how is the NBA, the second half of the schedule, there hasn't been a second half, you know, that's been revealed yet because the the NBA knew that there likely were going to be postponements and it was going to have to shift schedules for made-up games. But how is the NBA going to make sure that teams like the Suns and the Grizzlies and the uh, Wizards, who have many more games to make up right now than a lot of the rest of the league, how are they going to make sure that those teams are not at a disadvantage when it comes to making these games up? Either putting more games into a condensed time period, more back-to-backs, more travel, because as we mentioned Three of the Grizzlies games that they're going to have to make up are at Minnesota and two games at Portland. How are the how's the NBA going to make sure that these teams are not already at a, are not going to be at a further disadvantage than they already are having to play more games in a condensed time schedule? You hope that with the second half of the schedule, 
the NBA may just, you know, delay the season a bit more. They may be able to spread it out for another, you know, week to 10 days to make this impact of these made-up games not so, not as much of an impact on the Grizzlies team. But if these Grizzly, but if the Grizzlies obviously are going to be in a dogfight to get to the playoffs, and on top of that, they're now going to have to play critical games in a much more condensed schedule than other teams, I think that's something the NBA certainly has to be wary of. There's not going to be a perfect solution. There's not going to be an ideal solution, and there's likely going to be a situation where the Grizzlies are a bit of a, at a disadvantage due to how many games they had canceled. But if the NBA made such a point to cancel so many of the Grizzlies' games for their benefit in the rest of the league, they need to make sure that that thought process is the same on the other side of this when the other shoe drops so that the Grizzlies don't suffer from having to play more games in a condensed time frame when they try to make up these games. So it's great that the NBA has the Grizzlies, you know, best, you know, in, you know, best fortunes in thought right now, but they've got to make sure that they keep that in place for the, the Grizzlies and these other teams that have really suffered from a situation that can't, that they can't control so that they are not as, you know, impacted negatively um, as, as other teams are um, due to something outside of their control. The NBA has got to make sure that they keep the schedule as regular as possible so that these teams that have, you know, suffered many postponements can make up their games under normal circumstances and are able to have just as much of a shot or just as, even as a playing field for the playoffs as other teams who have continued to play their games. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this unfolds, and obviously we won't have answers immediately, but hopefully when the Grizzlies game this upcoming Saturday comes through, we'll be able to play it and there won't be any further interruptions, and hopefully we'll also have many of our players back healthy going forward. With that in mind, it's very, it's a pleasure of mine, and I'm very excited to have this opportunity to um, um, enjoy talking with Daniel Greer. Um, he is part of the a team that contributes to the Grizz Lead uh, via Twitter. He also hosts uh, the uh, free basketball podcast via the Locker Room app. But it's a pleasure to talk with Daniel, a guy that I've really got enjoyed getting to know over the past uh, few months talking Grizzlies basketball. Daniel, how are you today? I'm good. Uh, I am currently watching uh, football at the moment. This is a little pullback of the curtain. So there's nothing better than hanging out, talking Grizzlies, and watching some pigskin being thrown around. So why not? Exactly. Exactly. Now, if you were someone that was sitting there throwing the pigskin around with someone while also talking Grizzlies at the same time, I think that would be more impressive. So you need to work on your game a little bit. I'm just kidding, Daniel. (laughs) Uh, But no, uh, Daniel and me have interacted, as I mentioned, via the locker room app, just that we've uh, had the opportunity to discuss Grizzlies specifically, discuss other things around the NBA, and just a great opportunity for us to be able to catch up. And um, I've come to really respect and enjoy his perspective on things, a very insightful perspective, but also someone who just knows the NBA in general. And that's what we're going to discuss. But Daniel, we'll we'll jump right into it. Before we get started, uh, this show is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you get 20% off your next order if you put in the promo code locked on. Daniel, if you've never had a Built Bar, I would highly, highly suggest you try it. It's amazing. Great way to start your day. I have a whole thing of Built Bar in my refrigerator because why not? They're actually delicious. (laughs) Exactly. As I've mentioned to plenty of people, when you add it to your day, it's going to be there to stay. So, and I'm out here rhyming. Anywho, we'll let my rap game get back to the peak of its career in a second. But Daniel, let's get right into it. So the Grizzlies are, are seven and six, um, obviously have found success 
through their defensive ability, you know, on that end of the ball. But what has impressed you most about this Grizzlies team so far, especially without being, you know, with being without theoretically, you know, some of their best talents to start the season? I'd say it has to be just kind of the one word that sticks out to me is resiliency. Uh, there is no reason that they should be in this spot. Uh, they lost jaw early on. Uh, Jaron, you know, has been out the whole season. We have not seen justice since the trade. So if you look at this team, they're a, a bunch of good players and most are probably average, but kudos to, you know, the coaching staff with coach Jenkins, uh, but also these guys just kind of learning how each other are and just kind of figuring out how to win and not giving up. So uh, hats off to them. But these guys are so tough as nails and so resilient that I would go to war for them. And that's what makes it fun watching this team is because they are just good dudes who just, you know, just play basketball and have fun. Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head and could not have used a better reference there, you know, going to war, you know, for them. I know their fans would go to war for the Grizzlies, but you know these guys would go to war for each other because that's what their mentality is. They they go to war for each other every single day and, and also for Taylor Jenkins, and it shows that both the coaches bought in for them as well as they're bought into each other. But obviously it's a team effort. However, Daniel, just one or two players – that either they're exceeding the expectations you had for them, they're having a bigger impact than you thought that they would. One or two players who have really stood out to you as these guys are going to have a bigger influence on this season than I thought they would at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so asking the question about that, I, I was thinking who I would kind of give, and there's nobody on the team that is really kind of let me down this year. Everybody's played well. Uh, the only person that, that hasn't played you know, up to his standards and our standards of him has been Tyus Jones. Um, I, I think that his uh, assisted turnover ratio is probably the worst it's been. And I don't even know what it is and stat in front of me, but just the way he's playing, it doesn't look like it has in the past. And I, I don't know if that's due to him having to play more minutes, kind of playing a different role, you know, different players that he's not used to running with, but he hasn't looked like that here recently. He's getting better and he's getting closer to that assist to turnover ratio that we expect to have. And I think that in the beginning, it was just, you know, early in the season. So I don't, I don't think that will continue to happen, but Tyus is uh, a former, uh, a former Duke blue devil. I'm a Duke fan. Um, and some people ca can call me bandwagon or not. I grew up in the nineties. I, I love coach K. So I love Tyus. I saw him at Duke. Uh, I, I think he'll come back to normal, especially with uh, jaw coming out. Uh, but the the player who has surprised me the most um, has probably been Brandon Clark. And and some people would probably not expect that answer for the simple fact that when he came out into the season, his shot looked weird. It still looks weird. But he could have completely lost confidence. His his shot, you know, at the floater, which he has a, a beautiful floater. I think he's ranked fourth. Um, and, and that uh, floater efficiency and, and players that are a certain height and higher. I think I want to say it's six, seven. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not the brains of this podcast. Um, and so I, I think that him actually getting back to where he is without having that three point shot in his arsenal has impressed me because he, that means he's having to work a little bit harder in some areas. And so uh, hats off to him. He's being having to be a starter now. And that hopefully in the end is beneficial for us because he gets that time as, as a starter. But also in the end, he kind of learns how to work around some things when it's working and not working. 
And I think you're right. I, I think with uh, with Brandon Clark, you know, I think he's answered the question a bit that he's gotten more comfortable with that starting role. People wanted to say, you know, they 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 kind of were skeptical of being of him being in the starting role, but there was so little data from last year to support it, though the the results weren't that favorable. He's done well, and I think he hit the nail on the head with Tyus Daniel. The one thing that certainly is not there is his shooting. His shooting has taken a big step back, unfortunately, especially from distance. His floater game, though, is certainly there. He has improved. He has improved defensively, but he's a backup point guard. That's nothing against right. uh, Tyus. It's just where he's very effective. And so in time, I think that, you know, especially with John now being back, that will be the case. Daniel, the one thing, though, that, you know, we had hoped would take a bit of a step forward. You know, I said before the season, limiting mistakes, defending the three, and shooting the three were going to be two areas where we or three areas we were going to have to take a step forward to be a legitimate playoff contender. Limiting mistakes and shooting the three, or, or defending the three, we certainly have improved. Shooting the three is an area where we're still struggling, but we do have, I believe, more options there with, um, you know, for instance, uh, Desmond Bain, Grayson Allen. The struggles of Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones certainly has not helped out in that area, as well as the absence of Jaron Jackson Jr. How important do you think that marked improvement in that area is going to be, and do you think it will come once we get uh, uh, Jaron back and players are kind of more in their ideal roles. Do you think that's an area where we need to improve and will improve as time goes on? Yeah, you hit the uh, nail on the head on that part because it's not about Jaron. Uh, Jaron will be a very beneficial for us as a three-point shooter. He's not going to be the reason that that number raises. The reason it's going to raise is because you're going to have people that don't have to shoot that ball uh, from the three-point line as much. You're going to have uh, limited, you know, you're limiting – Tyus Jones to maybe, you know, two to three pointers a game uh, because he's having those wide open shots and they will be more wide open. So I think you have that uh, a potential now where you you have these players who are going to find their roles a lot better than they have in the past. In the past, they kind of hit their 15 to 20 minutes. They know that they're not the first or second option but they're still an option. And right now they're having to be that second option. And I think that these guys fall back to where they were. You can trust Ja creating the offense, Jaron to be a, a facilitator and someone who can take the big shots. But now those kickouts to these players are more wide open and less, you know, with more efficiency, more efficiency, easy for me to say, uh, but they don't have to come as as often. And so I think that's what actually happens is that, you know, that tide will raise when he comes back due to uh, him just being on the floor. And I like how you put that. I think that, you know, it's the frequency may go down a bit, but I agree with you in that when you've got, you've got Jaron and Justice back, for instance, Grayson, Desmond, Tyus Jones, they fall more into their ideal roles. And though they may not make as many three-point shots, you know, may seem a little bit of a question mark because you theoretically would think they're some of your best three-point shooters with they are which they are it's about the quality of those shots so they may right. take less but the higher quality against less competition against other teams second units so i think that that really really stands out we're going to do is we're going to take our first break when we come back so we know that justice and jaron as well as jonas their returns are on the horizon how does that work out for the rest of this team, allowing for these players to fall back into their ideal roles? I'll discuss that plus the rookies with Daniel when we come back. As you just heard me and Daniel both discuss, Built Bar is something that both of us have enjoyed adding to our day as a beneficial 
but it's a small yet significant benefit to our day when it comes to adding healthy habits. And that just tells you the influence that Built Bar has and the great product that it is. Whether you want to have it for um, breakfast in the morning, have it as a snack in the afternoon before or after a workout, wherever you want to include it as part of your day, Built Bar is certainly going to add benefit. Not only can you go to BuiltBar.com right now and choose from 18 different flavors, including six new ones, that will certainly, that one will certainly meet your taste preferences. You can also go to Built Bar and put in the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order from Built Bar. But as both me and Daniel can tell you, once you add Built Bar to your day, it's going to be there to stay. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order from Built Bar. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Borowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So, Daniel, looking at this Grizzlies team, I mean, one thing that stands out about it, if you were to, in my opinion, really pinpoint... One reason why this Grizzlies team is exceeding expectations and is going to continue to do that is how well they've been able to create depth through hitting on the draft. And I'm not just talking about John Jaron. Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, DeAnthony Melton, all four of those guys may be bench players, but that just creates so much depth for us. Your overall opinion of just how well the Grizzlies have done putting depth together, but especially Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman are two rookies who really are performing well this season so far. Yeah, they're um when it, when Xavier Tillman uh, showed up, he doesn't look like the player. Like he's just not going to wow you, but it's those little things that he continues to do. And, and I heard your podcast this past week, I do believe, uh, talking about he's always you know proving people wrong and how to change his game and adjust his game to making sure he is a, a good player and whatever level he's been. And, and as you see that already, um, his wingspan. Uh, kind of sneaks up on you a little bit. He plays harder. He he does. He makes the right decisions. I think you, that that is very much overlooked, especially with these guys that are staying in college for you know three, maybe four years. They learn basketball, and so everything is slower to them. When you get up there and you're a rookie and you're you know the ripe old age of 19, 20, 21, the game is a little faster to you, and it slows down with age. And so I think when you get these players that have been in the in college for that many years, the game is easier to pick up when you get to the NBA because it's still slow to you due to your maturity. But um, Xavier Tillman has been a, a surprise, uh, as well as Desmond Bain. I would love to see um, a, a kind of a bench unit with Tyus Jones leading him, Brandon Clark next to Xavier Tillman, 
and then Desmond Bain potentially as that starter, as our number two, moving Dylan Brooks back to the second unit, allowing him to flourish next to Tyus, who is a pass-first facilitator, and Brandon Clark, who can do so much. And then you have the backbone of your defense and Xavier Tillman. Um, You have two starting five units, realistically, but that second unit just isn't on the level with a ceiling of Ja Morant. So that's ideal to me, what I would love to see. And I cannot believe Zach Kleiman is a, he's probably the best hitter in all of basketball and baseball. He's batting roughly 900 right now. The dude is smashing. Yeah, that, that, that would be a pretty good baseball career if you were hitting 900. I think you'd make good money. But, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. And that is what's so important about it. You know, I've talked about myself a, um, you know, a potential, you know, two-level lineup of where you've got Jaw, Dylan, or Bain. I think that they're interchangeable there at that number two position, depending on matchup and things like that. Uh, but, you know, probably more realistic is, is, you know, just because he's been the starter there for a while. Jaw, Dylan, um, Justice. Uh, Jaron and Jonas in that first, you know, um, lineup. And then you've got probably Tyus, Melton, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, and Xavier Tillman. The thing about it is, is that as amazing as that two layer of lineups are, you haven't even included names like Desmond Bain. You haven't included Grayson Allen. You haven't included Gorgie Dang. We're not even talking about Jonte Porter or John Concher. That's the crazy thing about it is right. that they're much depth but the great thing about it is that's emerged from the play of the team this year is with that depth you've also got defense and it sets a higher floor for you you know you're going to get more offense especially if the three-point shooting can occur but with those lineup potentialities and the fact that you can create so many different rotations and lineup looks off of it it's really a true advantage but you know so we talked a little bit about what Jaron could bring when he comes back but an interesting point for me also is justice I think that he'll be in the starting lineup as soon as he comes back. But I also could see them easing his way into the lineup. I mean, Daniel, do you see any reason why it would make more sense to have Justice come off the bench an extended period of time? Or do you feel it makes sense to put him in the starting lineup from the beginning? I'd say you put him in the starting lineup. Uh, As they've shown when they were uh, in the bubble practicing, he was uh, running with the starting unit a little bit. Everybody was oozing talking about how well he was playing and fitting in with this team. Justice Winslow is a very, very good NBA player. His body has failed him. He will be a starter for this team, and people will be shocked of how good he is if he can get healthy and then stay healthy because he can do so much for this team that we do not have. He can kind of create his own shot. He can knock down an open shot. And his defense is very good when he's kind of bought in. And so I think that this is a scary pickup for the Grizzlies because he could be scary good. And so I I hope that this this whole season, how the way it's starting, is allowing them to take their time bringing him back because if he can somehow find a way, because he's in a semi-contract year with the team having a team option on him, I hope that he takes his time, gets healthy, gets back, and is good for the rest of the season because he will be a very good starter for the Grizz. And I don't see why you would bring him off the bench. Uh, you could always you just limit his minutes. 
And the other thing that I'll ask to do to that is kind of how these rotations will form due to Taylor Jenkinson's preferences. You know, we saw DeAnthony Melton. He did not play in the last game that, that we looked at. And Coach Jenkins said it was because he wanted to kind of, you know, experiment a bit with the rotations. You know, take that for what it's worth. You know, I don't know if there's more to that or not. But the thing that I'll say is this, though, is that, you know, Grayson Allen has certainly been a polarizing person this year. Lately, he's come on very well. It does go with his shooting, I think. But I think that if you can shoot, that's going to be something that Taylor Jenkins really looks at as emphasizing your spot in the rotation, even with the fact that the Grizzlies made the uh, the contribution to Melton. But do you think that Kyle Anderson and Melton, though they're that what they do across the board, the net value, you know, positivity that they offer, do you see their playing time kind of taking a bit of a step back more than people might expect once we have our roster full because they're just not though that big of a threat? from distant shooting. Yeah, I completely, I left out Kyle Anderson off mine and I would have him for sure in the uh, second unit. And I wouldn't be opposed to starting him um, alongside that front unit. Like you said, he's interchangeable in so many positions. He plays so within himself, he can get to the rim if need be. But when you have you know, a, a team that's built uh, with John Morant, who who can use the ball and needs the ball a lot because he can do so much. Jaron, who in the end is going to take a lot of your offense. JV, who can be the backbone of your defense a little bit, but also he needs the ball in offense because uh, you got to feed the big guy. I, I, I think Kyle Anderson is a player for us, and I think that he will be potentially a starter, even if everybody else leaves because of – he brings so much more to the team, and I think he is the reason that we played so well this year. Um, and I think if he continues to hit that open shot at high efficiency, I think that's more important than somebody like a Dylan Brooks, who sometimes makes the bonehead at play, but also has to have volume shooting. And with two players, when you're playing with Jaron and uh, Ja, you need more efficient shooters instead of volume shooters. And so I think that Kyle Anderson – um, overlooked by everyone, especially me, um, who is actually a very important part to this team uh, for the future and for the now. And yeah, I, I certainly think that Kyle Anderson has answered those questions. You know, coming into this season, we kind of were questioning what type of fit he had with, um, you know, Taylor Jenkins' system because we saw other players probably who were less overall valuable players get playing time in front of them because he, they could at least shoot. But I think that Kyle Anderson, with this improved offensive output when it comes to scoring and shooting, that has allowed for him to also you know, put out there what he does across the board, which certainly has helped his playing time. But you mentioned a player there who we're going to talk about here in just a second. His name is Jonas Valanciunas. I think that he's, his, his value to the Grizzlies, without a doubt, is certainly something that cannot be questioned. But his future with the team, what area is it most valuable in? Coming up, we'll discuss Jonas and Gorgie and kind of how their outlooks on the team certainly lead to a lot of different outcomes for how long they may stay with the team. I'll be right back with Daniel Greer. The time has finally arrived. We now know who the 2021 Super Bowl participants will be in the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And while it's certainly exciting to look forward to that matchup, exciting to look forward to that matchup, unfortunately, that means there's only one professional football game left this season. However, there's no need to be dismayed. If there's anything that this weekend taught us, there's always sports going on in a variety of different ways. You have sea fights, basketball, hockey, baseball on the horizon. However you choose to enjoy sports, whatever league, what 
it in, in whatever ways you choose to watch it. Another way to add to that fun is the ability to profit from it. And if that is something that you enjoy doing, there's only one place for you to go to be able to enjoy your betting experience, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. You visit our good friends and exclusive partner at BetOnline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code Locked On for your free sign-up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Grizzlies, we will um, can, we will discuss the one year anniversary of one of the you know worst days in the history of the NBA. Of course, that was just the untimely and just you know, extremely unfortunate passing of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and others um, in the helicopter crash that occurred on January twenty sixth, uh, two thousand and twenty. We'll obviously discuss you know the impact that Kobe's legacy legacy has certainly you know made on people such as me personally and across the nation, from NBA players to fans to everyone. Certainly, you know, looking back, you know, at all that unfolded in a positive light, um, you know, celebrating his legacy and what he meant to so many, you know, in the NBA and across the world. We'll also discuss how Kobe's legacy should really serve as an example of how older NBA stars, those who, those stars from previous generations should connect with today's stars and just the positive, you know, impact that that has for the future of the game. We've seen too many examples, especially recently, uh, of negative interactions between, you know, yesterday's stars and today's stars. That shouldn't be the case. And Kobe's, you know, impact, the effort that he put into influencing and being a mentor for many stars across the league today, that should be a shining example for previous stars to look at and see how they should interact with today's stars. We'll also discuss, you know, me and Mark King discussed in detail how the Grizzlies could, you know, with the wins and whys of when the Grizzlies should make their next significant trade, but how can the Grizzlies put together a package that is really attractive? It may surprise you the many different ways that they could do that. We'll discuss all that more as we celebrate the legacy of Kobe Bryant tomorrow on Locked on Grizzlies. All right, so Daniel, you know, over on Locker Room, me and you had a fun discussion where we went back and forth a, a month or so ago about is Jonas Valanciunas a top 10 center? And I feel that there certainly is a case to be made. He does so well at what is expected of him. Getting the double-doubles, rim protection, presence in the paint, and outside of the box score, just kind of that big brother enforcer-type mentality for the Grizzlies, which this team needs. But with the play of Tillman, the fact that Kyle Anderson is probably better at a four than a three, Brandon Clark, you've got um, Killian Tilly, Jonte Porter coming back eventually. Jonas should be a starter. But do you think as time goes on, when our roster is fully healthy, we may start to see a case where it just makes sense to see what else is out there for him as far as a potential trade goes? I think he'll always be in the talks about a, a potential trade just because of what we have behind him in Clark and now Tillman. Uh, but if it was me, 
I hold on to him. I, I think he helps John Morant because one, he is a very, very good screener. He's a very good rebounder. Uh, Clark has not shown to be uh, the the high volume rebounder. We know Jaron; that's one of his biggest struggles. Uh, but Jonas Valanciunas is very important. He's on a $15 million contract this year, and then next year it drops down to 14. For what he's putting up for this Grizzlies team at the age of 28, he'll be 30 when he's out of a contract with us. These next two years are very good for, for us as Grizzlies because he's not expensive. He's a walking double-double. He is a top 10 center in the league. He's learning how to shoot the three ball. If he continues to develop that three-point shooting in the future, he doesn't have to hit it at high volumes. As we talked about earlier, efficiency is key. And so he continues to put up you know, 15 points a game, opening up his game to hitting a three-pointer or two. It's only going to open up the floor for everyone. I think it's very important to have good players behind him, but I don't know if Xavier Tillman is a starter on a really, really good NBA team. He's not right now, at least in two or three years, maybe, but I don't think you, I don't think you want to get there. And even Jaron and Brandon Clark next to each other. I don't know if defensively is that that's really what we're looking for. I think he does so many things that we don't see on stats and on paper because JV is kind of a, he's the big brother to everyone. And I think he's shown that this year. There's definitely, you know, you say quantitative versus qualitative. And, you know, I think that's what it comes to with JV. Stats wise, metrics, all that stuff, they love him for what he does. But I think also, like you said, he does the small things, which he takes pride in doing, setting the screens, having the chemistry with his offensive players to be an option to, you know, drop passes off to in the lane. He's done a better job protecting the rim. And also, a big key for him. He is a true rebounding presence that really allows for the Grizzlies not to give up a ton of offensive rebounds, which I think would come into question if they were to trade him. I'm a big guy about focusing on the future, taking talents that are more valuable in the present when you're not as competitive and turning in them into future assets that can help you out when you're more competitive. But I agree with you. I think there's reasons both on and off the court that it makes sense to certainly keep, keep JV around. But, you know, like we discussed, you know, previously, you know, over uh, with your podcast is, you know, also with Gorgie Dang, the one player who it seems like you've already seen indications that he's kind of out of the rotation. I certainly think that he is someone that likely should be traded, you know, at this end. But if you're the Grizzlies, do you really make a move to use him as a money matching option to gain a significant part of your future, Daniel? Or do you think it just makes sense to get whatever you can for him for the future? Yeah, I'd say uh, that we're probably going to uh, not use him much this year. And if we do, that means that, you know, Tillman or Clark um, or, you know, and really honestly, Justice or Jaron have had injury issues. And I hope that that means that we don't use him because that means everybody's healthy. If he's on the last year of his contract, which he is, why not go ahead and see what we can get back for him, even if it is a second round pick? And maybe what that does is that does help out another team, such as I, I used the uh, potential as like the Nets. We might not get anything back, but we take an injured player. They throw us a second round pick uh, with no restrictions and, you know, and nothing on it. We get an extra pick to potentially develop, but also we use that for putting pieces together to get another player for the future. So I always think that you don't let a guy just walk just because. And, 
it also does him justice because then if you're able to talk to him and send him to another team where he will get playing time, that has to make him happy. And when that makes him happy, that means he'll potentially come back later on a lower contract as his, as his career winds down. But that what that always does is to the other NBA players, they see that this Grizzly team will do right by a player and send them out, and we're actually a good organization. I think that's very important, especially for a small-town team, is to get kind of the trust of the NBA player because we need all the help we can get with getting players here to a small town. And that's the other thing about it is, is that, you know, on so many different levels, Daniel, even when it comes to what a player's outcome with the team will be, there's really no bad outcomes. Like you said, if we trade him to a contender, that's a very good optic for this team and attracting other players. They keep him, that's expiring contract, which helps us with our money situation next year. But also think about it, if we trade him and we get two seconds back, we've now replenished the arsenal of second round picks we used to get Bain and Tillman during this draft, and we've seen them. We get Tillman, we get Bain, we get Melton, we get these guys, these second-round picks who have now become a part of our rotation. It just restocks the arsenal for us to make moves for other potential death pieces in future drafts. So there's no real bad outcome with this. I think that he is traded you know, in the near future just because there are teams out there that could use size, but I also think that the Grizzlies are kind of in a catbird seat to where no matter how you utilize his value, you're going to come out benefiting both you and the player. And Gorgie's the type of player you want to benefit. He's just a good dude. And the team loves him as they did in Minnesota and for good reason. And Daniel, I'll ask you this question. So, you know, when it comes to the Grizzlies' continued pursuit of the playoffs, we talked about their three-point shooting is something that certainly needs to improve. But without with that off the table, is there one area – a performance that you think they either need to improve or maintain, or is there one player either coming back or already on the team that you're really focusing on to be like, if this, you know, certain ability of the team, or if this player, if it's going to depend on how well they play or how well we perform, what one area do you think is going to be critical to the Grizzlies maintaining their hope for the playoffs? Wow. That's a loaded question. Um, Good question. Very thought provoking. Um, with this team, obviously, you know, three point shooting, like you said, is the most important. Um, I think our defense is for the most part figured itself out. As long as we have JV there, I think these other players, uh, such as like Kyle Anderson, they always do the right things and they're always in the lanes, uh, defensively to create those, you know, you know, defensive, you know, battle ways or kind of knock, knockdowns where we actually can create steals or if it just slows down the other offense the most important player that i would that i would love to have is someone who can also take somebody on -on one-on-one and we don't exactly have that dylan brooks is not our one -on he is our one-on-one player unfortunately we do not need him to be our one-on-one type player i think someone who can actually be that player is justice winslow because he has that ability to have length, uh, he's he's got size, shot making. He can only he also has that, or he used to have that first quick step to get by somebody. And I think that is the type of player we really need to have around job because if you have that extra threat who can still cut to the basket, beat someone one on one, that only opens the floor for Jaw and takes a little bit of the pressure off of him. Because if we saw a lot of times, especially in the bubble. When we were down, we didn't have a lot of players. You know, Jaw had to do most of everything himself. That's going to diminish his career if he's having to do so much so often. 
So if we are able to find someone who can be our one-on-one player or just somebody who can take somebody off the dribble a little bit easier than what we have, that's realistically what we've had. And weirdly enough, Kyle Anderson has done a very good job of that this year. And I don't know if it's because he puts everything into slow-mo, but he does. And it's actually benefited him. No, I I love how you worded that because I think that I think that that really is something that really needs to happen for this team to take the next step. If you were to look at this team and the way that they're currently constructed now, you could see them being a play-in type team. But if you really wanted for them to give you a better feeling that they'll win a play-in game and then actually be competitive in a first-round matchup where we're likely going to be facing one of the better teams in the West, that secondary option that can beat players one-on-one on the perimeter – whether it is Justice, you know, we know we Jaw can do it, but either if it's Justice or even Jaron, if he, if he while he's been out, he's been able to improve his ball handling. That absolutely is a development that would certainly benefit this team, and also make it you know less of a need for them to may, maybe go out and, and trade for that, which I don't think they're going to do in general. But that's a that's a very well thought out. Um, you know, approach with this team is that if they can see that emerge later on this season, that certainly will be a big development to help them make the playoffs, but also remain competitive. Uh, this is why I had Daniel on the show. He's just so much fun to talk with. And it's always nice to get different perspectives because different people look at this team different ways. At the end of the day, we can all, you know, enjoy it. But having different perspectives on this team is what makes them so much fun to enjoy, watch, analyze, cover, whatever you may have you. Daniel, where can folks find your work? I know that you've got some new projects that you've started up, obviously writing in podcasting, but where can folks find your work um, going forward? Yeah, so you can find me on uh, Twitter at Daniel Greer, just easily spelled out. Um, If you can't figure out how to spell my name, you probably shouldn't be following me anyway. Sorry, no, you can still follow me. Please do. Uh, No, but... um, I'm also writing for the lead sports media. Um, they have a they have a part of the Grizzlies over there. It's at Grizz underscore lead on Twitter. Uh, we're having a lot of fun uh, just trying to change it up and do some different things. Uh, I'm not completely big on the writing stuff. I, I put out at least one piece a month, so it's not just tons. But we're doing a lot of podcasting. Uh, my podcast that we had, uh, we joined uh, the lead sports media as well on that. Uh, it's called Free Basketball. And so we have an NBA pod that goes live on the locker room every uh, Thursday night at seven o'clock. Um, and so you can follow us there and join us uh, over with the locker room where it's live, join the discussions. Uh, but what I've started lately and what we just had Sean on. And so if you haven't heard that yet, check it out. Uh, but with free basketball, we're doing a Grizzlies edition. I'm from here. And so are the other guys that do it. But I want to take this on myself, and they kind of blessed me with that, where I can bring on different fans, whether they're Grizzlies fans, uh, Lakers, uh, whoever. They can join us, talk a little bit about their team, but also give us insight from outside of the Grizzlies world, outside of Memphis, and what their thoughts are about this Grizzlies team. Because as Sean just said, you learn so much from just different Grizzlies fans, but also fans that are outside your team's uh, fanship because – They'll see it from a different point of view, and it's always uh, kind of enlightening to see that. But but do check it out over there. Uh, we do a quick – it should be quick, 30 to 45 minutes at, at the most, but it's a lot of fun. We do a segment on clutch time. Sean's was very good, so go check that out. At the least, just go hear him talk about that. It was, it was a good time. Oh, it's absolutely a wonderful time. I've been able to – 
you know, through uh, Daniel's podcast as well as mine. I spent we spent an hour and what fifteen minutes, Daniel, just talking Grizzlies basketball. Right. You know, for guys, for guys, we won't reveal our ages, but for guys who certainly uh, are well into adulthood, uh, being able to take a little bit of time and be able to talk Grizzlies and just sports in general is always a joy, especially when you got a great guy like Daniel. Um, at least from my perspective, on the other side, being able to talk about it. But uh, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us, uh, and, and uh, it's been a pleasure getting to catch up with you a bit. Always a good time, Sean. You're the best. Always spitting out facts, man. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate your kind words. It's a, it's a pleasure on my end to talk with you. Stick with us for just a second after the show. Uh, but you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SEC. The show, wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the podcast app on your phone. Daniel, where can they find you on Twitter? I don't know if you may, you may have mentioned that, but I just want to make sure. Yeah, you missed it. You already forgot to spell my name right. <sighs> Daniel Greer. Thanks a lot, Sean. Your attitude. Um, <laughs> anywho, all joking aside, um, it's been a pleasure. Make sure to follow Daniel. He's got a lot of stuff going on. That's the great thing about being a Grizzlies fan right now with how exciting the team is. There are so many wonderful perspectives and minds that are that are really put a lot of hard work, but quality work into covering this team. So, so always want to encourage you know you as our listeners to enjoy as many different Grizzlies perspectives that are out there. For Daniel Greer, my name is Sean Coleman. We will be back tomorrow discussing you know the rest of the Grizzlies upcoming schedule just what it looks like you know when they get back going to play as well as some other things to really look forward to to get the Grizzlies started off successfully but we'll talk to you again soon hope that you have a great evening and we'll see you again here on the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.